0: Thank you for downloading this podcast, and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies, and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production, and please subscribe. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to another Arrow Bandwidth. Oh, another? Another one. Brilliant. Yes. yes. Thanks for uh, sounding about as enthusiastic as most of our listeners. Really <laughs> enthusiastic. <laughs> so, anyway, today um, I am outnumbered for the first time in a while. I've got two northerners. Yay! Hey. So, obviously, we've got Richard. Hello, everyone. And we also have Martin Guthrie from our Oracle team. Hi there. Martin, welcome. Thank first you. time listener, long time caller, long time caller, whatever way around. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Crikey! That is why you are my right hand man. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, Martin, do you want to give us a little bit of an overview of what you do for Arrow? Who okay. Are, so, who are you? Where are you from? What's your name? Where'd you come from? Yeah, what's your star sign?
1: So, Martin Guthrie, I am the technical account manager. Or one of the technical account managers within our Oracle practice. I've uh, been with Arrow now nearly twenty years. <laughs> so Oracle all the way through.
0: Oracle all the way through that. Mm. See, one wow. of the things, one of the things I love though, is the story, and very, very quickly divert on of how you got the job at Arrow. <laughs> oh, Do you give us, give us the. This is quite, I don't this know is, this one. This is probably like, you know, don't give up. You know, so, so uh, just left university,
1: working at PC World, and in comes a scruffy chap. Uh, I say scruffy. He's probably listening now. Uh, who said it was poor. Um, made a sale with the uh, chap and uh, helped him load up his Ferrari. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> worked out who he was and I uh, pretty much on the spot said, there and then, you know, this is a job. I don't want a job. I want a career. What
0: are you going to offer me? Oh, wow. And that was 19 and three quarter years ago. Wow. There you go. There you go. Anyway, on from that, so you can, you, you know, you get the. I'm impressed. You get Martin's mentality. Yep. He doesn't stop, and um, I think one of the, the, the subject of this particular podcast is, um, is really centric around a vendor that we have um, onboarded to try and properly, or not even really a vendor, but a technology that we've onboarded recently to properly differentiate ourselves from the competition in a way that I think personally is gonna really help us to sell and, um, and be a lot more innovative in the specific space. So the topic of today's podcast is all about hybrid cloud, and we've done hybrid cloud before. I was just about to say we've done cloud, we've <coughs> done hybrid, we've not done Oracle. And, um, We're not done Oracle. interested to know more there. But
2: hang on, you're throwing a curveball. Oh, we've it. not done Oracle. New but technologies,
0: but what, but what we have onboarded very recently, yes. and, the, and the ink is wet on the contract as we speak, um, is a vendor called GTT. Ooh. Now GTT are, for those of you who don't know, which is probably most of the people listening, and unless you're listening, Andy Johnson, who is there. A uh, mere sort of uh, MD. They are the fourth biggest backhaul of the internet. They are a very, very, very uh, big telco across the world. But mm-hmm. most importantly for us, they went to the length to basically put connectivity between public clouds and private data centers so mm-hmm. you can start to genuinely enable proper public to private hybrid cloud. Because as we will come on to in a minute, unless you have that element, you don't have hybrid cloud. You've got a few bits of loosely sort of coupled together infrastructure that really aren't gonna be able to stand up to proper production enterprise deployments. So, this is a new Arrow vendor. Arrow have never gone, and I don't think any of the disty has, a telco on their books to specifically enable and underpin that it last mile or the, the mile in the middle, almost of hybrid cloud. So, discuss.
2: Mm, discuss. I've got a question for you, mate. Sure. Um, <coughs> quite candidly and, uh, and openly. We've we've heard from we've heard from our, our friend here extolling the virtues of this and, and saying in insane. What do you think it really means for for you and Oracle?
1: I think it's quite important because if you look at what customers are doing today already with cloud, mainly let's just say IaaS markets, you know, yeah, okay. test devs, some customers going live, et cetera, you take an environment where the connectivity, as long as it's secure, is important, but when you're looking at more SaaS and PaaS applications, you know, bandwidth is everything, mm-hmm. the latency is a killer, you know, the internet, you know, it you know, delivers unpredictability. Yeah. So, what latency are you going to actually get if you're delivering a, a DBAS, uh service? dbas you know, being database service. No, Sorry, we go, Sorry we no. that's all right. No, no. So, you know, it, it, it's you know, that point alone is very, very important. Um, Oracle themselves, you know, they've, they've come from a, a SaaS point of view down to uh, dbas and into the IS market. So, so going back to the point, so actually having uh, a connection that you can actually Guarantee that what the latency is going to be. If you're going to mm. run your database on there, and then the
2: security side of things as well, it's very, very important. Mm. And I think, know yeah, I agree with you on that because what I've certainly seen over the last couple of years is, yeah, certainly in other vendors that shall remain nameless for the moment, yeah, they've they've maybe and we were talking about this yesterday. They've maybe come from the other extreme as what you described with Oracle that have started off at the IS and gone up to the SAS layer Mm. or down to the SAS layer, depending on which way you draw that dreaded triangle. Um, and there's always been that big play about, you know, five nines and the service level agreement and you know the Mm. the quality of the service of yeah, what's been stood up, whether it be DB as a service, whether it be yeah analytics, whether it be whatever it might be. But that's all well and good. Unless you can assure your your hooking that line of communications if you're going in through a soggy piece of string then it doesn't really matter what level of service there is around you know either the the infrastructure the 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 software or solution being deployed mm. you've got a weak point yep exactly right. and it's the internet, yeah
1: so you know. Again, going back to my original points, you know, customers are going from doing test and dev in the cloud to deploying some services. Yeah. You know, there's few companies actually out there that are actually r- completely run in the cloud. They are out there; I've mm-hmm. seen them, and it's those customers that really do need to have
0: that. You know, that that network. But that, I suppose that, that, that what you've just said is there's a few customers that run completely in the cloud. They're actually almost bypassing what we're talking about here because they're running on the network that. They, so essentially, they're sitting let's give the AWS example servers storage services everything's in AWS so actually they're running at the speed of a a proper sort of LAN network they're not not got something in London and something in Dublin or something in you know East Coast West Coast US that's I suppose where we're trying to get to and I totally agree with you actually all of the internet has been designed and all the protocols of the internet have been designed to essentially get over the barrier that is the internet itself and the unpredictability and the latency. You know, the reason that we have buffering, the reason that we had to build, you know, r- all the retry capabilities and the timeout capabilities into HTTP and HTTPS and all those protocols is because you can never guarantee one packet to the next. And in an enterprise, as you say, if you're deploying things like database as a service on the end of a piece of string that's essentially not going to give you absolute guaranteed Performance delivery, you know you can say there is a this many millisecond ping and it 's never going to change because it 's a private line if you don't have that, you are gone, okay, so let me just
1: throw another question to you then so the cloud's maturing cloud service providers are maturing soon now, mm-hmm. and the customers are wise up to this how going forward
0: how many uh, customers are actually going to use just one cloud provider. Oh, couldn't agree more. I actually (laughs) think if you... So I said this from the very, very early days of cloud. Cloud is an opportunity to turn around and get... Everyone talks about five nines, nine nines, a million nines availability, right? Uh, And the reality was back in the day, you had to implement mainframes, multi-locations. It was exponentially expensive. Therefore, one or two banks who could make a business case for it did it we now have this concept of the cloud mainframe where actually you can deploy, so you can turn around and say, so the, the definition of, so some of the stuff that needed to be for like five, nine, six, nine availability was you needed to have multiple power grids, multiple geographic yeah. locations. And to do that, it was nigh on impossible. But, and it's a big but, if you leverage the cloud for something, something cents an hour, you okay. can go with, as you say, you can go with multiple cloud providers and get, five, six, seven, nines availability of your application. But using the internet, how do you then actually link up those cloud service providers? Well, you can't, can you? And get a good,
1: guaranteed, oh, reliable I mean, service. You
2: know, real horror stories from customers about just, just coping with mm. yeah, the complexity of trying to connect everything together. And never mind multiple clouds, just you know, a nice that's a nice simple, a, a relatively straightforward on prem, off prem. Yeah whether it be you know, a public cloud or colour you know, or something. It's like, yeah, you know, not naming names or pointing fingers at any particular industry or, or business. But, yeah, it's like it must be, for somebody who's got to consider that and, and implement that and then manage it, it's got to be a constant edit. So if you take a step back, it look towards the late 90s,
1: the telco was king. Yeah. The telco put you know connections between mm. sites etc and if they did have a, a provider etc and then the internet came about you know the internet as i said before delivers unpredictability mm. you know it delivers netflix it delivers it delivers, uh, a, it delivers best effort yeah i mean it's it's, it's what goes along around it it's, it's just you know it's just an open public network mm-hmm. uh the security considered, there's latency is a route yep. in which way you're going and you know actually now i think they the telco is becoming slowly becoming king again because it's not just about internet connections. Internet's great for things like office productivity with three six five, but you know for a dedicated uh, business uh, service, you know, database as a service tied up to some
0: application, maybe backup as well.
1: I think customers need to start looking at you know, proper comms once again.
0: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more because I think actually now it's really getting to that point where if you don't have it. Your your enterprise application, your enterprise deployment is going to fall down. Um, I heard a gr- I heard a great quote the other day about God. security in the network. That actually networks were never designed to be secure, and actually everything that n- security does is trying to basically stop networking. So I must admit, it's how do you deploy that on the internet? You can't. The internet was never ever designed. Tim Berners Lee, you know, did an amazing job, but he never ever ever designed the internet to be secure ever because it was not part of his thinking. You know, when he was doing it, this was how can we share the world's information? How can everyone be equal and free? You know, create a federation of information rather than what it has become today, which is this absolute underpinning of everything we do financially, um, you know, sharing secrets, sharing, you know, data, sharing emails. You know, and the reality is implementing security on top of the internet, if we take away all the other concerns you just said, is not, it's not practically feasible so i've got another curveball for you then so yeah. customers going cloud
1: mm. and the data in the cloud the applications in the cloud yeah connecting back to their business via the internet you know, may next year how does it affect gdpr <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh, oh. oh yeah dave over to you mm. <laughs> mm, gdpr my favorite topic at the moment um i think i think from a from a data governance standpoint, it doesn't really matter where your data is, you're still going to be responsible for it. If your name is on the on the sort of um, server that, that happens, to the whole personal identifiable data of EU citizens, then you are responsible regardless of where it is. I do think that actually there's, there's going to be... So interestingly, I had a really good meeting um, with Talus the other day, and they'd done a lot of analysis on the the rule book, the 84 pages of GDPR. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, slight deviation, but, you know, it's Arabic, that's what we do. Um, but basically, he showed me there is a rule or a piece of that legislation that basically says all of the sort of fines and everything else and the fact that you've got to tell everyone and, and sort of sh- shout from the rooftops every time yeah. there's a problem is is negated in the event that you can prove to the data, you know, whoever it is that's going to be the data regulator, that you um, put every effort to um, encrypt the data that you had and that you, you know, used as much tokenization and things like that. So as long as you're encrypting the data, mm-hmm. mm, you're sort of done to a degree. But that's an, a podcast for another the day. Um, yeah, let's come back to but that. But yeah, thing. but one of the things I will say is, obviously, if you're not running across... You know, implementing um, an encrypted end to end network over the top of the internet is not easy. Doing it over a private network is a lot easier. So it comes right back down to that whole pick your telco, pick your lines, make sure they're solid, and then everything else is easier to implement over the top of that, meaning that your GDPR compliance becomes a lot more simplistic and a lot more doable. Um, than the sort of thousand million things you've got to do at the moment so I think it's becoming more apparent that yeah the
2: the work that we've put into working with GDT uh, GTT and bringing them on board yeah it's not just cool technology it's not just a you know let's look at you know if we if we're selling clouds or we're selling you know, IAS or, or whatever it might be. What what else can we bundle into the sale? There are real, real advantages mm. to, you know, working with a telco because you know of things like regulations, things like you know the the increasingly complex systems and and architectures that w- we are finding clients are ending up with evolving to because they're taking on as you said earlier Martin you know they're taking on multiple cloud vendors yeah it's not just on-prem it's not just um, yet yeah, within their data centers within a, a color it's not just on a public cloud it's a mishmash of everything plus other services bolted on not piecemeal but for you know specific projects or specific points of time and then switched off and that's all well and good, but we were talking about this yesterday. You were saying this predictability being needed to be able to service the business need, to be able to, you know, literally do what you are intending to do by creating this mixture of, of services consumed from various vendors consumed from various locations Um, and whereas we've got yeah certainly in our area our area in our portfolio multiple vendors that can can give you you multiple different takes on cloud services Yeah, one of the big gaps that we've had is the fact that you know what? how do you tie them all together securely simply, with ease, and, you know, bring that predictability back.
1: Absolutely. And, and is this an opportunity for the partners as well to actually own and manage their customers and actually assist them by actually tying together the cloud subscriptions that they offer, bringing it all together with one telco and actually helping them deliver that, you know, uh, system you know, once a year for that, that, that renewal and actually managing and adding
0: additional products so the telco almost becomes the sort of new ethernet switch
1: yeah or the aggregator almost yeah. mm. so
0: you're you, you know the 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 top of rack router or switch you'd have had in your in your infrastructure beforehand <coughs> now that the, the 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 data center of modern age is cloud it's hybrid it's services it's it's a thousand and one different things actually you sort of your core switching moves your core switching becomes more of a sort of a logical requirement a logical requirement than a physical requirement it's more of a it's more like a virtual requirement you know and, and actually y- your core switch moves from being something that you'd had in your infrastructure that connected all your servers up together and your your mainframes and your yeah. you know your this that and the other and actually moves out to become your telco and just like you would have i think this is what you're saying just like when you would have spent time choosing you know the right switching infrastructure to go down the route of okay what need what's got the features we need what provides the performance the connectivity the different types of whatever we might need that conversation has gone away from a core switch conversation and gone to a okay n- we oh, need okay. to find our telcos that's going to yeah. connect all our different all the different bits of our infrastructure together and provide that enterprise class infrastructure
1: okay so let's add to that you know the internet we say is unpredictable Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's predictably unpredictable. <laughs> but uh, customers now looking for different types of services as well. You see, for example, public sector organizations where they have big petabyte chunks of data and they've got to keep that for so many years. Yeah. They don't know what to do with it. Yep. They haven't got the often the capacity or the skills to actually look after it. So they've got to dump it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, for example, they might move it to an archive cloud in, or with Oracle, as an example. But they've got to get the data up there You know, getting big chunks of data up isn't easy, and when they need to get back down again, it's really not easy. Mm. So you know, the internet will work at one speed for a customer. What happens if you take that uh, telco connectivity that allows you to burst from say one gigabit to ten gigabit? Yes, pay for it when you need it. When you really, really do need to get your data back, I'll get it up there. Having that flexibility. Rather than um,
0: unpredictability, absolutely. And do you know what? This all was, this plays into another technology that we've become very uh, powerful in recently, which is the software-defined WAN. So essentially, oh, right. whilst you've got your so you've got your telco, you've got essentially your underlying switch infrastructure. Yep. Albeit in a telco, connecting all the different you know next-generation services together, and cloud and on-prem and multiple data centers, and possibly even you know multiple office locations as well. Mm-hmm. Over the top of that, you can layer, and a lot of the telcos are offering this now as a service, but software-defined WANs. So exactly that's how you would do what you're saying. You'd turn around and say, okay, we need to do this for this particular location, or there's a big backup going from that location. And on the fly, you could very quickly and easily provide, you know, because as much as infinite you know, bandwidth is to many degrees quite infinite because the telco will give you whatever you want to pay for, to make sure that you aren't completely losing all sort of uh understanding of your bill every month. You can layer a software defined WAN and say okay, we have 100 gig across all of our networks. Actually, mm. everywhere gets a gig day one. And actually we need to up that because we need to do this within this time frame and you can really mirror the business requirements of your of your telco and of your, you know, hybrid cloud infrastructure. You can mirror that to the business needs at any point in time to sort of refine and define and and, and move forward. Well, what can I say? I, I sat in the NetSec sales kickoff meeting the other day and, and learned a lot. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, SD WAN was actually one of my uh, predictions um, for 2017 to become big because it's it's really really as I think as you know Martin's alluded to as the GTT you know contract we've just signed you know the first telco we've ever actually signed as a vendor to sell a very specific type of telco product. Mm. By the way, one thing that's important to mention to our listeners and, and anyone who's sort of thinking about, oh telco, telco, we're not doing IP telephony, we're not doing sort of to the cabinet, we're not doing um, g t t can, but our focus is, our absolute focus, and, and we need to be laser focused on this because otherwise mm-hmm. we could end up in a whole rat hole of, of telco stuff. Our focus is all about how we connect the public data center sorry, the, the private data center, be that Global Switch or Equinix or whoever it may be, mm-hmm. um, I think they're, about, they're in about 101 data centers around Europe at the moment that they actually in the Meet Me room of.
1: Yeah, so I think it's the 300-plus worldwide POPs. Yeah. Um, and to go, got go, go to your point there, uh, GTT, they're not going to compete with the partners as well, so they don't offer any cloud services, they don't yeah, offer any managed exactly, services. Yeah, yeah that's it's, a
0: really, really, really important it's thing a to say. Link. Yeah, it's the missing link. And, and, and that's why we need to be very focused and, and our partners need to be very focused on, and, and understand our focus is on enabling the hybrid cloud, enabling that missing link that no one in distribution is offering at the moment. If we can literally offer end-to-end hybrid cloud, infrastructure, storage, compute, on-site, on, in, in the rack, mm-hmm. and then the linkage from, so literally a, a piece of cable that literally goes, okay, at the end of this piece of the Ethernet cable is the public cloud and, more importantly my isolated set of vms or my isolated infrastructure that i can spin up and actually my i'm probably i am very much oversimplifying this but it could be as simple as this literally my on premise vm or my on premise server is 192.168.0.5 and my cloud server is .6 you know you could literally have you know that simplicity of server of infrastructure in this way it means that everything else just flows beautifully from there forward. You're fighting not to use the word seamless, there, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I'm really trying. Can tell um, because then I don't. I don't think in reality you'd probably do it on that. But the reality, but uh, who cares? It, limitations your imagination with hybrid cloud and with this type of technology underpinning it, you can do all the things you never thought were possible, mm. and you can do them really easily. And uh, last thing, I mean, some of the technologies we're seeing from. Oracle around their um their PCA, is it now called? Yeah, private cloud appliance. Private cloud appliance. Um and then obviously into their public cloud. More and more and more vendors are trying to hide um the complexity of multiple clouds. Mm. And actually in certain if you if you actually deliver all this technology correctly, you don't see what's in the public cloud, what's in the hi- what's in the on-prem. You just see a group of resources and applications. And you just come around and say, Right. So this one's running very happily, but I know that it's coming up to Christmas and my Mm. databases are going to need to scale. So I'll tell you what, scale them. And I don't care how you scale them infrastructure, just scale them and give me a guaranteed rate of, of, you know, throughput of my database of whatever it may be. And the infrastructure will turn and go, Okay, I'm going to take five VMs in the cloud that I'm going to really spin up to massive. I'm going to maintain, obviously, what we've got on-prem because I think that's probably running at maximum at the moment. And I'm basically going to combine all that together in the background to deliver the outcome that the business needs to transact You know, Christmas orders or, or whatever it may be. That's the, that's the nirvana, right? Uh-huh, so I was and just about we're not, to say. We're not a million miles off of it. You know, The technologies that I know that are available from, from Oracle, from, from VMware... From a few other of the big providers, OpenStack can do this when deployed properly. <laughs> um, and, and this is important:
1: this uh, this uh, on-premise cloud and uh, true cloud, because not all applications
2: can truly run in the cloud for no, certain organizations. Mm, no, yeah, couldn't agree yeah. more. You know, you've got compliance
1: yeah. issues,
2: all sorts to consider. So I was going to ask you, Martin. You know, this. Yeah, it, it's good news. I think it gives us it, it gives us a lot to talk about with partners. Where where do you where do you see uh, in the customers that that you work with and sort of you know in that Oracle context where do you maybe see see this GTT um, offering being used? used first is it going to be things like plugging into like you were saying the the db as a service and and, and sort of backup and archiving type thing do you think people take first step there or or do you think there are any other plays really so if i I, uh, pick an
1: oracle straight away yeah there's the opportunity actually so they offer a a service called fast connect and fast connect is a service where you can basically rent a port straight off the back of their switches okay and it'll plug them straight with a firewall straight into the public internet so you're paying, you know, paying for a service and you basically get in one or 10 gig straight to the internet. And that's where it stops. It's a great service, but stops at the internet. Right. So we've now got the ability with GTT connecting to Equinix, Equinix's cloud exchange to actually take that, not, not plug it into the internet, but plug it straight back into the customer's network. Ah. So then you've, you know, you've got, you know, if the customer's taking a you know, database as a service, They've basically got a database running in the cloud, which is pretty much just on their own network on now. Their network, yeah. So they've got all the benefits and scale, you know, scale of you know, running the cloud but, and you know, subscription model. Yeah. But with all the performance and security and predictability and scale that they actually need. I like that. And then mm. actually you might take another service from, I don't know, maybe AWS. Mm. And, you know, and another one from network appliance, and actually start to link up all these value offerings. And you know, security. You might take a security vendor's uh, cloud service, and if, as David says, if you are now linking up and becoming the uh, the cloud switch yeah. for the partner, they can then start to take all these services together. So you can start with something as simple as Oracle and the database, and expand that, expand out from there.
0: Mm. So there you go. I like that. Like I'm not going to lie. I think that was a bombshell. I've learned a lot.
2: We yeah. stop now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My head hurts. Just, that was brilliant, mate. You're going to yeah. have to come back on again, mate. Yeah, really Genuine now. Loads of questions.
0: Thank you, uh, uh, Martin. That was really, really valuable. About to call you yeah. Andy then. Andy? <laughs> <Monday. laughs> <laughs> it's not Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank really you. appreciate you coming on, Martin. Well, what can I say? But I, uh, I think the takeaway for me, really intriguing, the call to action is we are the best position partner, technology partner to come and do proper hybrid cloud with one contract, one vendor, or one partner and, and we can literally do everything to do everything, I feel very happy well, I'll have to ask Mr. Johnson and come on and make sure that yeah, yeah, fact you're rah you're so it's spot not all, all Trump style <laughs> fake news awesome, well on that bombshell yeah, why absolute not. pleasure thank you very much Rich Thank you, Dave. Thank you, mine. Thank you. And thanks thank for you. everyone listening. And thank you, Hannah, our producer, once again. Oh, yeah. And until next week, we will, uh, we'll see you soon. Thank, thank you I very dear. much. Goodbye. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.